Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. And um, today is Vision Sunday, as I've said, and our, our overall vision, as you know, is Jesus People Mission, and Jesus is first, people matter, and we're on a mission to get Jesus to people. If you've never gone through Discover Life, that's your next step. We have one starting, I think, January the 16th. Uh, sign up back there. Uh, but I have a vision specifically for 2019 that I've been processing for a couple of months, and I'm going to share that with you today. Our wildlife kids, you can be dismissed with your wildlife guides. And I'm going to title the message today, and it's, um, it's also what we're theming this year based on the vision that I feel like God's put in my heart. And it's simply this, free indeed, free indeed, amen? John 8, 31 through 36, and then we'll look at Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. John 8, 31 through 36, and then Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants, never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Which is hilarious. They totally forget about Egypt. Babylon, Assyria, Rome. We've never been in bondage. You know, pride blinds. We've never been in bondage. There's some people going to get free this year. One of the reasons is they're going to wake up and humble themselves and say, I'm in bondage. I need freedom. There's some people that are going to get free. Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. We're going to look at Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. I can already tell this is going to turn into a series. I mean, I'm already planning on next week, but there's so much to chew on. So for the next few weeks, I'm sure... We'll be diving into this. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy goes on. Now, Hebrews 12, that's in what we call the New Testament, right? So he's writing to who? Believers. Christians, And he says, Christians, lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares. Christians can be walking in sin. Christians can be in bondage to sin. But there's freedom in Jesus. Amen. Let's say a prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. I pray, God, that you ignite a fire in us today. And, and I pray that you would anoint me to speak, God. And I give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to spend some time laying a foundation of where we're going, and the vision will come out in this. But in John 8, 36, Jesus concluded his thoughts by saying, If the Son makes you free, 
you shall be free indeed. And verse 34 makes it clear. He, he makes us free from sin. The Greek in these verses is so powerful that the translators use the strongest words in the English language to convey the message. If the Son makes you free, some translations use sets, makes sets. In other words, if He goes about the process of unshackling you, then you shall be free from sin. That's a thought. And then he doubles down on it by saying, indeed, free indeed. The idea is the Son makes you free, and if that's the case, you're free, period. No matter if you're living in sin or not, freedom belongs to you. You've been set free. I'm telling you, church, the Son has unshackled us this year, and, 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 and He's challenging us this year to not settle for anything less then absolute total freedom, what he's provided for and promised us. He came to set the captives free. And I, I believe in my spirit it's time for us to believe. Some of us, that means to believe again, to start believing again. It's possible for me to be free. It's time for us to stretch. It's time for us to, to use our faith and, and to push. And his grace has provided but it's our faith that receives. And that reception, that receiving is not passive. It's like I preached last week. It's aggressive. The, the kingdom of heaven is, is within reach and the violent take it by force. It, it's a matter of taking all that God has provided for us. And, and, and it's, time, it's time for us to do that. Amen? How many of you want to walk in all that God's provided for you? Amen. Now, I want to dig around uh, in our reading just a little bit more. Uh, in, in the text, Jesus compared being made free by the servant to being made free by the son. He says that only the son can make one truly free. In other words, if we look to any other source than the son, we will not experience true spiritual freedom. Now, I think it's clear that the son is Jesus Christ. But, but I do want to park there for a moment and drill down into that just a, a, a little bit. Are you with me? So, Son of Man is a title that emphasizes the humanity of Jesus. It's a title he often used in referring to himself, something like 80 times in the Gospels. Son of Man. Son of God is a title that emphasizes the divinity of Jesus, and it's a title that he rarely used in referring to himself. And when he did, uh, it, it was more elusive, kind of veiled, like when he spoke of the Father and the Son or used storylines, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Uh, and Matthew 16 is pivotal in understanding the Son because Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, Whom do you, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And then you'll remember what Peter said after, you know, some dialogue, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so the revelation there was that the Son of Man was the Son of God. The, 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 the Son of Man is the Son of God. So, so back in John 8, if the Son makes you free, if Jesus makes you free, is, is what's being said there. The Son of Man, the Son of God, 
and, and that indicates that pushes us uh, in this direction. Hebrews 10, 7 says that Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, quoting Psalm 40 and 7 says, I have come, why was he manifested? He said, I have come in the volume of this book, that would be the Old Testament, to do your will, O God. Now, John said that he came to destroy the works of the devil. Well, he would do that by doing what was written in the book. It's like the Old Testament was his instruction manual. The book directed him to do everything that he did. So his baptism, as I preached last week, was not an accident. He was directed by the book. Israel came through the Red Sea into Mount Sinai, a type of going through the water, being filled or receiving the Spirit. His 40 days in the wilderness was coming from the book. Israel went into the wilderness after the water and after Sinai. His ministry in Galilee was prophesied. His arrival at the temple, he, the, the zeal of the temple has eaten him up. And, and on and on until the crucifixion and death of Jesus Christ. And then when he had done all that was prescribed for him to do by the book from the cross at 3 p.m. on April 3rd of 33 A.D., on Yom Kippur, he cried out, It is finished. I did it. It's all done. And he gave up the ghost into your hand, Father. I commit my spirit. So here's the point. If you've been made free by the Son, then you've been made free by what he did. He was on mission. And he came to set the captives free. And I'm here to tell you that the source of true spiritual freedom for all of humanity can only be found in what Jesus has done. Amen? The finished work of Christ. You won't find true spiritual freedom anywhere else. I mean, you can look. You, you can go meditate on a mountain somewhere. You can make a, a whole lot of dollars and shekels. You, you can have all kinds of relationships. You can try substances and different chemicals. You can, you can get religious. You can do all kinds of things. But you won't find true spiritual freedom until you find it in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Come on, give us some praise right now for it. Thank you, Lord. Now, having said that, if you take a cursory view of the early church in Acts and the epistles, you can't help but notice that born-again believers in Jesus Christ can live lives in bondage to all kinds of sin, habits, weaknesses, weights, issues, addictions. In Acts chapter 8, speaks of a man who, according to the text, had repented, believed, been water baptized in the name above every name, filled with the Spirit, and yet he was said to be in the gall of bitterness and the bond of iniquity. 2 Timothy 2.26 speaks of born-again believers. Paul writing to this pastor, Timothy, speaks of born-again believers being captured by the devil and held captive by him to do his will. Throughout the epistles, we see where believers can be in bondage. And in our reading in Hebrews 12, we see that believers can be bound by weights and sins that weigh us down. And I mean, how can that be? I mean, the scripture is so clear. He, he came to set the captives free, whom the Son makes free, is free indeed. Listen, I really wish I had a boat. And I would really be satisfied with a John boat. 
and a little motor. Tooling along. But so far, that's not become a reality in my life. But sometimes when I go over to, to Destin or Orange Beach, I'll see these big boats. Not as big as the ones that, you know, Randy and Melanie are on all the time. And Kayla and TJ and the gang, right? Not that big. But I go over and I see these boats, you know, like if you go to Destin and you're on the little boardwalk there at the Emerald uh, towers thing there, and you see those those boats. There's some, they some boats. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I could live on that boat. I think that would be fun. I, I, and I'm from the '80s, so I think of Miami Vice, right? They lived on a boat and they had a pet alligator. I'm like, I could do that. I could do that. But but you know, never mind. That's that's I, I, I'm rambling. But the the, the boat. You can have a really, really nice boat with a really, really high-dollar engine that can really, really take you some places, but if you don't occasionally take that bad boy out onto dry dock and scrape off the barnacles and the junk that gets on the bottom of that boat, it hinders the performance of that boat. It'll slow it down. It can slow it down by 40, 50, 60, 70 percent. I mean, it's churning all it can but it can't hardly go anywhere because of the weight and because of these things hanging on to the hull. The solution is clean the boat. Too many of us have slowed down in this race. We can't handle life like we should. We, we have too many issues that are weighing us down as believers and as Christians. We're too weak because of the stuff that's in our lives. And I'm telling you, it's time to clean the boat. I'm not here to bring a word of condemnation. I'm here to bring a word of hope. Because if you sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus the Son. You confess your sin. He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But too many of us have settled for a lack of freedom. We've justified our sin. It's become part of who we are. We started to believe it's just the normal Christian life. And because of this, we've quit believing. We've quit pursuing, trying to receive the freedom that God's brought, bought and paid for by Jesus Christ. Here are some excuses that we as Christians throw around. I just can't help myself. Yeah, I just can't help it, you know. Uh, this is just who I am. Yeah, I've got weaknesses. That's just who I am. This is just the way my family has always done it. I mean, I, it's, you know, nature, nurture, whatever. I, I can't change. This is just who I am. Deal with it. Here's the deal. We love everybody. I love myself. Most love others as you love yourself, right? I love, I love me. But at the same time, we need a revelation that those excuses are lies. You don't have to just be like this. You don't have to just 
This is nature. This is nurture. This is the way I was brought up. This is my family. I can't help myself. Yes, you can. You have a helper with you, the Holy Spirit. God is wanting to clean some of us up and push us into our destiny. What he's called us to do, but we got to clean the boat. Everybody say, clean the boat. In our reading, Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, he said, if you abide in my word, and th- then you are my disciples indeed. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth is what will make you free. Knowing the truth, I don't have to be stuck like I've always been. There is hope for change. we got to quit abiding in our past and start abiding in the Word. we got to quit abiding in our condemnation and our fear and start abiding in the Word and find hope and faith when it comes to the things of God. Being disciplined by the word, knowing the truth, appropriating his promises and provisions of freedom. Jack Hayford, pastor church on the way in Van Nuys, California for many years, he said, you can't cast out flesh and you can't disciple a demon. You can't cast out flesh and you can't disciple a demon. Some churches have gone overboard in trying to cast out demons when what was needed was just some good old-fashioned getting a hold of the flesh, putting that carnal nature where it belongs, disciplining the flesh, saying no to the flesh. And then some have gone overboard in trying to disciple demons. In other words, if I can just, you know, just get, get a hold of this, when really there's a demonic, oppressive spirit behind it that is messing. I'm going to tell you today, the, the, the dark side of the spirit world messes with Christians. We, we put this veneer on of church. It's like, you know, traditional church, cool church. When I, when I led worship in the Episcopal church, they had, you know, contemporary service, traditional service, and like super uh, blended service. And in the uh, congregation I was in, the traditional was, uh, wow, like really traditional, okay, like 200 years old traditional. And then there was the contemporary, and, that, and, and there I was, right in the middle of the contemporary, leading the worship, and then the blended and we put these veneers of cool church, traditional church, high church, uh, all these different types of, uh, of veneers. But I tell you what uh, very often happens is we think churches, all, that, that all those advertisements, all those placards, when in reality there, there's a, another world behind all of this. There is a spirit world. There's a mean old devil that's trying to oppress you and keep you in bondage. And we've come to expose him today and let you know there's freedom in Jesus. You don't have to be stuck where you are. You can change. Whom the Son sets free. Now, let me just go ahead and say this. Uh, this we're in a 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, and I, you know, I say this facetiously. Man, I hope you're enjoying that, right? <laughs> I love to pray. I hate to fast. My flesh doesn't like to do either one, uh, but spiritually, I, I, I do love both. Uh, and so we're in a time of prayer and fast, and we're going to continue that, 21 days. Join in. I mean, hop in any time. If you hop out, hop back in. It's okay. Prayer and fasting. And we have prayer for the next three Mondays, as you saw. And then, uh, but, but this coming Sunday, this Sunday, uh, I believe God's going to, we're going to have a Freedom Sunday. 
And God's going to deliver some people, y'all. You need to start focusing in on that in your prayer. Believing, invite people. Maybe some, somebody that couldn't get over something. I'm telling you, next week we're going to have a, a Freedom Sunday. God's going to deliver people from spirits of fear and anxiety, from depression, from offense, from attitudes and addictions, cigarettes, alcohol, drugs, immorality, perversion, porn, selfishness, pride, lack, debt, discouragement. I'm telling you, God is going to do a work and set some people free. And, and I feel like this is a precursor to that today. And, and, and people, invite somebody. They, maybe they couldn't find freedom anywhere else. Invite them this next Sunday. I believe 9 and 1045, God's going to set some people free. Now let me tell you where t- this vision, that, that this free indeed came from. A few months back, as I was seeking God for direction for 2019, Oh, man, it was, uh, I was getting nowhere fast. I'm just honest confession here. About the middle of the year, kind of pushing past summer, I start looking to the next year, and I'm like, God, what do you want to do at LifePoint? Valerie and I pray, and we seek the face of God, and we just try to find out what he's saying. Man, I was getting nowhere fast. Nothing. Nothing. Heavens are brass. Like like God's saying, I'm not going to do anything, Donovan, next year, (laughs) you know, like. I was like, come on, Lord, what is the vision? Where are we going? i got to see it. And, and so, so unexpectedly, the Lord spoke to me. I, I went to, to lunch with some pastors over on Government Street. I had been doing some work, and I was running a little bit late. And so I, I pull up to this place, and it's a pretty neat place. It's got a bunch of different restaurants inside of it and, and tables all in the middle. And I was late, so when I walk in, there are, they've already just about finished eating. One guy's got some leftovers, and he said, hey, man, you can just eat my food. So I didn't have to go order. I could just stay right there and jump in the conversation. So I just started eating his pizza, right? It was free. And uh, just indeed. <laughs> Never even thought about that. Woo, that's an, the little lanyap in the story. I was eating the free indeed pizza. And, uh, and so we had some small talk, and... And then one of them kind of broke the ice. They all wanted to ask me about the new normal two services. They knew in September we had gone to two services, and this was in October. I've not heard a word from the Lord. And so they said, how is the two services going? And I said, so they all stopped chattering. They looked at me. Yeah, I wanted to ask the same thing. How's it going? I said, man, it is like amazing. I've been blown away. And I began to tell them. The testimony, great things, man. This is incredible. I, I've been blown away. And, and we've had guests, and we've, you know, we've grown, and we've seen this, and we've seen that. It's just been awesome, presence of God. And they're like, oh, that's awesome. And so they just start, they kind of left that and started back to where they were in the conversation. And this guy next to me, uh, Brother Melanson, Thibodeau, he says, so, you, uh, so everything's going great. I said, oh, yeah, man. So, like, everybody's chattering, and, and he and I are talking. He's like, so it's all going great. He's like, hell yeah, it's great, man. He said, so, I mean, like, everything's, like, everything's cool? <laughs> yeah. Like I said. He said, uh, so, uh, he was relentless. He wouldn't give up. He said, so, you don't, you don't have any problems? I said, I no, I, I didn't say I don't have any problems. 
Like, we all have problems. What are your problems? I'm like, uh, are you kidding me? I said, here's my problem. I need more land. I need another building. I, I, got, I need to redo the parking space. I, I need to redo the front of the building. I want to buy the land next to us. Uh, I'm out of space. That's why I'm doing two services. There's a lot that I need to do. And I was going to launch a capital campaign, and my capital campaign connection guy was flying in on a Friday, and on a Thursday, he fell over dead and died. And that's a true story. And I said, so I don't know what the game plan is. I, I, I need that stuff. He, and then he stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, have you ever considered getting out of debt as a church? And I said, uh, wow, you know, where did that come from? I said, not, not really. I mean, of course, yes, we want to get out of debt. I said, but we don't have much debt. We don't have a big debt. I mean, we got huge equity, uh, our notes manageable, you know, like, no. I mean, yes, but it's not on my priority. I'm willing to borrow more. Like, I'm, let's do something. He said, you need to consider getting out of debt. I said, what do you mean? He said, you need to, and he, he slowed down. And when he did, it's like the whole place I was sitting in kind of faded into the background blurred out, and it was just he and I sitting there, and I, I felt that, you know, those little goosebumps, and I knew God is speaking to me right now, and, and I was, I caught it, and I said, okay, buddy, listen, God's speaking to me right now. What's on your heart? He said, Donovan, you need to consider raising money, going after, you know, a capital campaign, sure, but it's all about eliminating debt. I heard Larry Stocksdale tell a story, and i got to hurry with this. They were looking at building 7,000-seater out on the interstate by the Three Crosses in 2006. And he said, Larry said, right, right before they pulled the trigger, the Lord said, don't do it. He said, I just got this, don't do it. So he said, I backed off. The economy fell apart. Their finances went down. And he said, I thank God. Thank you, Jesus. We didn't have to deal with that 7,000-seat note. You know, a $100,000 note. Thank God. And, and, and so I don't know what's coming down the road. I'm not even trying to speculate. I just believe that that's what the Lord put on my heart. And you're going to hear more about it. And this is not the total focus of my message today. Jeff coming in on Wednesday night is going to share some of the how-to and some inspirational ideas and stories about getting out of debt as a church. I've never owned a building. I never did a loan before this one. I've certainly never paid one off as a church. So this is new territory for me as well. What I do know is that with the space we have now, we can accommodate more people with two services or three services or whatever. And, and that's pretty cool. It's an intimate venue. And as bad as I'd like to be raising funds towards a building, I feel like we've got to obey the Lord, and first things first, we're going to pay off our debt. We're going to burn our mortgage. Listen, the enemies attack some of you, even in your finances. I want to remind you, our jobs are not our source. God is our source, and he supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. No matter what the economy does. 
No matter what's happening on the stock market. As crazy as that. No matter who's in the White House. No matter who's in Congress. If the socialists take over, it doesn't matter. Congress is not my supply. Jesus is my supply. Amen. Amen. Whom the Son sets free. And then, and then, are you with me? So, so, so then, when we were in Israel, we were at the garden tomb. And, I, and so there I am in the garden tomb praying. We're having communion. Uh, Pastor Marcelli told me before we went to Israel, he said, Donovan, God is going to speak to you in Israel. I said, okay, Pastor, that's awesome. So Valerie's my witness. Like, we were listening. Have you heard anything? You know, so we go the whole trip, like, listen, listen, you know, nothing. And uh, we're in the garden tomb having communion, singing some songs, praising the Lord. And like this still small voice, like it's really, really tiny, tiny. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, you know, the bullhorn. Tiny, tiny. The Lord says to me, Donovan, I'm gonna break a spirit of debt at life point in 2019. And I'm telling you, that's a loaded statement. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. It's not just finances. I'm going to tell you, God's going to do some, he's going to break some spirits. You hear what I'm saying? There's some generational spirits that abound some people. I'm telling you, he's going to set us free. Hey, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's who you really are. I am who I am, says I am, and nothing less. I'm not defined by my past. I'm not defined by my family. I'm not defined by my failures. I'm defined by who I am in Christ. Come on, give him praise right now. Hallelujah. And, and, and uh, I'm, I'm closing. Uh, stand with me right now. Isaiah 10, 27 says, The burden shall be taken off his shoulder, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. God's going to break some spirits that have oppressed the people of God this year. You need to start believing. This is the year of your miracle. You need to start believing. God's going to change it all. Let me, let me tell you a story in closing. Years ago, many years ago, Valerie and I had just gotten in church, man. Just getting our, just slowly coming around. But she, she really had already come around. I'm kicking and screaming, you know. I'm late to the party, you know. And so we're going to church, and, you know, I left Nashville and all that stuff, and, and we're doing our, we're trying, I'm trying, man. And uh, talk about the favor of God, moving in the right direction in the favor of God. We were moving in the right direction. And I was scouring the thrifty nickel in Shreveport, Louisiana. And I found this ad that says, uh, house for sale. And I called them and made an appointment, went over, looked at it. I was looking for an investment. The funny thing was I didn't have hardly any money at all. And, and I was looking for an investment. And I'll never forget this family. It's the Rayburn family. Huge family. Big old giant house. And they were wanting to sell, but their house was in so much disrepair. Realtors didn't want to deal with them. It was just a messy situation. And I just said, because I, I grew up with Caleb Hill, right? The finance creative guy, you know, and I had this, I said, look, man, y'all need a lot of work on your house. They said, we don't have the work money to get it done. I said, listen, realtors don't want to deal with you, that 6% fee, so much work involved. I said, let me tell you what I'll do. 
I said, I'll buy your house for X amount of dollars. And then it's, I want you to know, it's, and I'll close it in 90 days. And it's contingent, though, uh, upon me securing a buyer at X amount of dollars and, and doing all this work on it. I'll do all the work. I'm incentivized because I'm going to make a profit. And, and the better I do on my contractors and stuff, the better I'll make on my profit. And so if you'll work with me in 90 days, I think I can put a check in your hand. And the Rayburn family, they were just crazy enough to buy in. They said, where do we sign? Sign this deal. Wasn't the greatest economy at the time. And within three days, I had a buyer. Phyllis, a qualified buyer. They qualified. And then I went through the process, appraisal, all this work that needed to be done. I let my buyer, that was one of my incentives for my buyer, let them pick out the color, the carpet, the paint, and all this stuff. And, and within 90 days, I went to the attorney's office. We closed, and, and I, I, I wrote a check that was hot to the Rayburns. And then I went and closed on the other deal and got a check that covered their check. Because I'm like, don't go to the bank yet. And then I went to the bank and put, and, and, and in, in that one transaction, Valerie and I were able to eliminate our debts pretty much. It was like we were debt-free from that one deal. What am I saying? When you're moving in the right direction, you never know what can happen with just one phone call, one situation, one turnaround. Anything is possible with God on your side. God's going to break some spirits. You hear what I'm saying? You look at it like, that's impossible. I don't see how anything can change. But with man, it may be. But with God... All things are possible. Everybody say free indeed. And I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I feel especially compelled to close right now at the start of 2019 by binding depression and discouragement, a spirit of heaviness. Satan wants to wear out the saints, the Bible says. And we're going to ask God today to restore the joy of our salvation, to restore us. See, so many times our situations are negative and we get discouraged because of the situation. God is wanting to take our attention off our circumstances and put our attention on Him and trust Him with it because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And let your hope rise up. Listen, nothing is too hard for our God. And I'm not saying this lightheartedly. I'm not trying to just. I'm not trying to downplay the influence, the the, the negativity, the the destruction, the power of depression. I am here though to lift up the name of Jesus that is able to break every spirit that's in this house today. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by the teaching of God's word. For more information on our church or Pastor Donald, or if you plan to attend one of our services, please visit our website at. GoLivePoint.com.